Hi, and welcome to Faithbrook Church. I'm Chrissy Thompson, our Children and Family Director. I'm so glad you're here with us, whether you're in person today or online. Thanks for joining in. If you're a guest with us today, a special welcome to you, and I invite you to grab that blue connection card from the seat pocket in front of you. Or if you're online, go to faithbrook.church forward slash guest. And we would love to follow up with you as well as make a donation on your behalf, just as a way to say thank you for joining in um, to our local Cross Food Shelf. Thanks for joining in with us today. Well, next Sunday, June 12th, is our Celebration Sunday. And it's a chance for us to share with you all the exciting things that God has done and is doing here at Faithbrook Church. It's the end of our fiscal year, so we get to share our goals, where we've come, and where we're going. Um, and also, it is an opportunity to see how you've made an impact towards our vision of leading people into a new and thriving life in Christ. So we look forward to seeing you next Sunday. It's gonna be a super exciting time together to celebrate all the amazing things God has been doing this year. Let's now welcome our lead pastor, Jim Comfort, as we wrap up the series, Superpower. Well, her name was Dee Dee, and she was a good friend of mine, because when I was probably sixth grader, um, my parents were shopping for a church. They had three teenagers, and her Dee was part of a family around the corner in our neighborhood that invited my parents to their church because their church had this robust teen program and teen group. And so that decision and that invite of, uh, changed my life, changed the trajectory of my life. Well, uh, Dee and I went to the high, same high school. She was a sophomore. I was a, I was a senior. And we became good friends because I uh, would take her to teen group on Wednesday nights. We were the only ones from our high school. When I was in junior high, her mom would, would take us to uh, Wednesday nights uh, teen group. And uh, through those car rides, we, we became uh, buddies. Well, I went on to go to college and still stuck around my, my local church and came to find out that her mom uh, was um, dealing with cancer. And it was serious cancer. And man, it really shook up our church, shook me up. Because her mom was a real um, personality in our church. Her nickname was the Sunshine Lady. Everybody loved her. She had a fabulous gift of hosting and making people feel comfortable. And of all the people in our church, it couldn't be her, especially my good friend, Didi. Her mom uh, possibly dying, and, and we all went to prayer. And I remember our church having special prayer times and, and healing and anointing that, that she would be delivered. And, and I was shook up about it. I, I remember personally uh, going out uh, one night to a field and just petitioning, just crying out on behalf of my friend Didi's mom that she would be delivered from this, this cancer. Because my preachers and my pastors and the leaders in church said, man, we can count on God and we can pray and he's able and he will answer. And so there I am crying out to God, please heal, please deliver. Well, she uh, continued to battle with her cancer. And eventually she was healed, but she wasn't healed physically. She was healed spiritually and she lost her battle with cancer and she went to heaven. Man, as a 19, 20-year-old, I wasn't sure how to handle that. I was disappointed in God. I was kind of set back spiritually, had some doubts, had some questions. If all this prayer and this promises was all shaken up and to be, what, what, what am I doing? And why wasn't there a, a yes? Why wasn't there a healing, a positive outcome? Have you ever been there? Have you ever prayed for somebody or something that, that come through and, 
and it didn't come through, and there was a disappointment, and there wasn't a healing, and where was God, and what's happening here? Before you know it, we can be discouraged. Before we know it, we kind of shrink back in our confidence, and our, even our prayer life, and, and the superpower doesn't seem as relevant as before. Well, speaking of superpower, we want to uh, welcome back to our conclusion of our three-week series called Superpower, Discovering the Power of Prayer. Now, two weeks ago, we learned that prayer, especially for people following Christ, it's essential. If you look at the Christian history, I mean, it was the power that they used to just move uh, great things in the movement of God in the first century and different centuries, this, this essential um, power force of prayer, and we shouldn't neglect it. Now, last week, Pastor Peggy uh, shared about how we need to exercise it. What are some practical ways to engage it? Uh, how should we pray? It's just not really easy sometimes. And she brought about this, this acrostic of pray. If you're not sure what to pray, you can just start with, with P. Remind us to, to praise God, to, to be thankful. Uh, what, what's going on? And, and, and a little bit of worship, right? Then, then we, the R is to a repentance. This is a great time to kind of self-reflect. Hey, am I holding something against? Am I dealing with something? God, help me in my own life. Maybe I need to repent of, of something and, and go forward. A, of course, is to ask. And we, we like asking. And then Y is yielding. Um, and we're going to address that in a little bit. Well, when it comes to asking and things don't come through, it, it seems like God's really not there. It's kind of like a a superhero that, that their superpower is not functional. Can you imagine if things just kind of break down and they can't leap or shoot or, or jump or run and they're like, what's going on? Before you know it, it's very concerning for a superhero. Uh, the, the, how are they going to uh, take on life and the evils of life that they don't have their superpower working? And that can be for us as Christians. When it doesn't seem to work, what, what do we do with that? How, how do we navigate that? Uh, is there any answer? So today... I kind of want to address our discouragement and help you kind of learn a little bit more about the superpower to be encouraged. In fact, maybe we can be a little bit more effective in our prayer life and, and to start realizing that the superpower is not just all about getting answers and positive outcomes to every ask or prayer that we have. So let me start off this way. I, I truly believe that God does answer all prayers. But I would submit this to you, that God answers prayers in three ways. It's either going to be a yes, sometimes it's going to be a no, sometimes it's going to be a wait. And man, we are very happy when God answers yes. And many times he does come through and he answers yes because that's God's heart. He, he wants to show himself as the God of all, right? And personal God that helps us. And there can be some miracles and deliverances. And Jesus spoke about this to his to followers and disciples. And in Matthew 7, he said this to his disciples. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be open. Wow, that seems so simple. But, but it is simple that we can go to God and say, God, I, I want to petition you that there's some needs and there's some situations that I'm praying, I'm asking, and I am knocking. And, and so there, there spurs the question, what are we praying for? What are our bold prayers that only takes God? Is it our heart of, of God? 
um, Hebrews talks about without faith, it's impossible to please God. That Jesus wants us to raise our level of faith, of our confidence and belief in the goal before him boldly that we can petition for these asks. Uh, Many times in my life, I have to remind myself what I call as a yes mentality. Sometimes it's very easy to get discouraged. Sometimes it's very easy to to see the darkness creeping in and and, and sad things and uh, pressures and and, and negativities, right? And and God wants me to say, now, Jim, all things are possible. Uh, We can do everything through him. Um, And we are more than overcomers, believe, have faith. And so I put on this yes mentality, we're going to take on life. And many times... There has been healings. There have been some, wow, thank you, Jesus. Uh, that happened, and that answer came through, and it's, it's such a privilege. It's such a, a blessing. One of the biggest miracles that, that, that uh, I experienced in my life that God said yes is when me and my uh, wife uh, many years ago took our first little church. We were just a young uh, couple with a little baby, and, and we graduated from um, Bible College in Colorado, and the only church that wanted to take a chance on us was this little church starting up in southeast Ohio. We'd never been there in, hardly in our life, and uh, they said, well, why don't you come on out? We're, we just started a couple of years ago, and we're building this new little church outside. They, in Ohio, they call them villages, right? It's this kind of white brick church, and it's about 4,100 square feet, and by the time you get here, it's going to kind of be uh, completed, and the people are going to come. There's only about 30 of us right now. We're down in the storefront kind of deal, and, and so we took a chance. They took a chance on us, and we took the U-Haul across the country, and we got there, and we got kind of settled in. It was, it was a big deal, and we started touring that, that, that building. And I was like, well, I, I noticed that it's not really finished. Yeah, that, 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 that's, a, that's a problem, Pastor. I was like, oh, yeah, could you tell me more about that? Well, um, see, last year the, the district and other churches uh, that were helping us, they were sending volunteer help, and they were kind of putting up the walls and things like that. And uh, we had some storms, and they didn't come through, and so they kind of went away. The year's over. They went on to some other project, and, and we're kind of left. And I said, where all the money go? Well, we kind of spent it on that, that pretty uh, white brick. We kind of wanted a white, good-looking brick building, and, and so uh, there's not much money left. I was like, oh, well, that could be a problem, right? And so it was just like drywall, uh, wasn't even finished. It's just concrete floors, no fixtures, n- nothing, no chairs. <clears throat> and, and now we're kind of, uh, we're still stuck in this, this storefront, and the bank comes calling, and it's like, uh, you need to start paying your mortgage. The construction is done. And so I was like, whoa, we don't have much money. We got to pay for the rent down the storefront. We got to pay this mortgage. There's heat bills on, on both of these facilities. And we, we were up a creek, man. And privately, I started asking God. It's like, oh, God, we, we need some help here. We need some bailout. Things are not looking good. Help us, please. Help us, please. So that summer, uh, one of our traditions as our churches, uh, we all come together for like a business meeting. We call it a, a district assembly. And all the churches have to report. And back then, the pastors had a verbal report. You get up in front of the assembly and say, hey, back at my place, this is what's happened this last year. So, so I get up there. I'm a new guy on the block. I introduce myself. I said, yeah, you know that little church you guys were helping with? You know, Well, it's not completed like you think. In fact, uh, we're kind of in trouble. Um, we don't know, we're not sure how we're going to get through this, but God is good. I've been praying and asking, uh, but God will help us. Thank you. Goodbye. So I, I sat down, and uh, later on that night, this business guy approaches me. 
He says, hey, I heard your report. I'm so sorry. Uh, I'd like to help you. I was like, oh, well, okay. He, he says, well, I want you and your wife to come and see my place uh, in a couple of weeks because I own the largest lumber and hardware store in the county, and I'm going to donate everything you have to get that building fixed. You come up and see us. And it was fun to go up there. He says, you just pick out what you want. Boom, boom, boom. You get lights, carpet, doorknobs, you name it, windows, boom. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take care of it for you. It's like, wow. He says, by the way, I go to the church that has a whole bunch of tradesmen, and we're coming down in a couple of weeks, and we're going to get it all put up and fixed in a weekend. And sure enough, I'll never forget the day that, that I had my donuts ready, and I was sitting there at that little church, half done right. And all of a sudden, there was a caravan of these pickup trucks, man. And they came up that drive, and they backed up, and those guys hopped out, flipped down their, their tailgates, and started hauling out all these saws and equipment stuff, and they just said, Pastor, get out of the way, man. Give us room. And they went to town, and they just started fixing stuff and placing things around carpet boom 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 let's get some chairs in here and my friends it was like done 90 percent just like that almost overnight my friends that was a yes from god that was like a miracle that was right on a blessing praise god sometimes he says yes but part of that yes i'm going to remind you that the yes has a lot to do with alignment the alignment of God helps more yeses come our way. What am I talking about? Well, if you look in the Bible and you start discovering, you'll notice that Jesus talks about this. For instance, when he says, when you pray, pray in my name. You'll hear me or other people in the prayer, and they'll say, in Jesus' name, because Jesus taught that. Why did he say that? Because prayers are not all about our name. It's not about building our private kingdom. It's not about our glory. And he wants us to be aligned in his name. You think about the, the Lord's prayer. How should we pray? He says, pray this way. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, what God wants in heaven, he wants down. It, it has to do with his alignment. Jesus would continue to try to clue in his followers about how we should pray and what it takes to get answers. For instance, in John 15, it's the story about the vine and the branch, right? That we're connected. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. Over in verse 7, he says, if my words remain in you, my word in the Bible remain in you and you remain in me, Ask anything, and it shall be done. Well, why did he say that? Because the key is aligning our will to his will. Before we just go off and say, man, I want this and that, and so many times we see God as a, as a Santa Claus. We have our little list, or it's like a vending machine. We're like, you know, um, God, I want one of these, I want one of that, and I'll just hit the button, pray a couple days, and it should you know, come to me immediately. And God's like, I, I, that's not what I'm interested in, right? I want you to seek my will. I want you to dwell. I want you to be thinking what I'm thinking and, and, and be kingdom-minded. And before you know it, we start praying for more kingdom things instead of self-kingdom things, and God comes through. I like what Martin Luther said. Prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance. It's laying hold of his willingness. The key is laying hold of his willingness. What is God's will? And so we can go and take our needs to him and, and say, God, this is what I'm petitioning. You said that I can come to you. You, you. you are willing to hear these. And I pray in your name. I pray in your will. Your will be done. And God's will, a lot of times, God's nature 
is to help. God's nature is to heal. And so we can be bold about this. And many times God does come through and there is a solution. There is a a healing or a deliverance. Now, here comes the hard part that sometimes God answers with no. No, no, it's not going to happen. Well, why would God answer no? Let me give you three reasons why God says no. First one we we see in James 4, it's about our motive. So James writes this, When you ask, you do not receive, because you ask with the wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Uh, Oh, God, help help me get that job, that promotion. Why? Oh, you know, I'd like to have this and like to have that. It would be all really good for me, right? That's probably the wrong motive, right? And, And James writes this, sometimes God says no, because your heart's not right. It's all about you instead of a lot about God. Then the second reason he says no is that because fathers knows best. Now, if you're a parent or you're a grandparent, you kind of get this. Because sometimes you, you say yes to your children when they, then they want something. Sometimes you say, well, wait, because you know better. You have something else going on that they don't know. Sometimes you say no. Well, why do you ever say no to your kids? Because you love them. You know probably this, this thing that they're wanting is probably not going to be good for them in the long run, right? Or you know some other dynamics are happening. You're like, no, you're not going over there. You're not going to do that. And, and so many times we, we were like kids, right? We're just mad and we melt down with wrong, right? But if we trust God as the Abba Father, that he knows best in his wisdom, we can maybe absorb these no's. I like what Mark Batterson said. He says, what we perceive as unanswered prayers are often the greatest answers. What we perceive as unanswered prayers are often the greatest answers. It it reminds me of that Garth Brooks country song, right? He he wrote a song about unanswered prayers. And in the song, he's praying, oh, God, help this woman really like me and be attracted to me because she's the one. Oh, he's praying. And then he realizes that it was another person (laughs) <laughs> that was better for him. And so the song goes, thank you for unanswered prayers because really this is the jackpot and this was a bad prayer, right? That's the way God can work in our lives. That sometimes he knows, he says no because he knows better. Now this is not always easy. That takes some trust. Romans 8.28 helps us. He says, and we know all things work out for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. All things work out. We don't understand it sometimes. We might not even like it sometimes, but we know God is working. Uh, I think about a young lady in the 70s who loved Jesus. She had a bright light before her, but she dove into a shallow lake and she broke her neck and she became a paralegic. Well, in those early days, uh, there might have been some hope that she could have been um, healed from her, her accident. And so with all of her might and with all her family, she started praying that God would deliver her and heal her from this broken neck. And she believed and, and she had faith. And, but God did not deliver her from her broken le- neck. And the rest of her life, she was a paralegic. She couldn't use her arms. Uh, she was uh, bound to a wheelchair. And her name was Johnny Erickson. And little Johnny Erickson um, came to, to, to just trust in God in that decision of saying no. And she started ministering to other people that, that were in wheelchairs and paralegics. 
In fact, she started singing, and she created a, a radio ministry, especially um, targeted to people with disabilities. And she found that she could paint with her uh, um, paintbrush in her mouth, and she started painting beautiful portraits. And she gained great popularity. She's still living today in a, a great global ministry, all bound in this wheelchair. Because God said no to her prayers of healing. And she looks back on it. She writes this. My wheelchair was the key to seeing all this happen, especially since God's power always shows up best in weakness. So here I sit, glad that I have not been healed on the outside, but glad that I've been healed on the inside, healed from all my self-centeredness, wants and wishes. See, she is free, and now God could flow through her and use her in amazing ways that she never thought, if she, and maybe probably never would have happened if she was walking, but, but God said no to those early prayers, and God's been using her in amazing ways. So sometimes God says no because we have the wrong motives. Sometimes God knows best as a heavenly father. And then thirdly, we forget about the sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God that over the years and through history, God has bigger plans than our small plans. See, God holds all creation. And at the very beginning, he created the universe, he created this earth, and he created human beings. And the difference between a human being and an animal is that we know we have the capacity to love. Animals don't know what love is. They have instinct. They have survival. But, but they, to choose to love and fall in love with another person. And God wanted to give that free will, uh, this, this birth of free will um, that comes from love to, to humans because he wanted them to worship God because they wanted to, not because they may have to. God didn't invent spiritual robots. And so he took a risk. He said, listen, we're going to set this up. I'm going to give you everything. It's going to be awesome, right? But I'm going to plant one tree, the, the tree of, of good and evil. And I'm asking you to choose to honor me and love me. I will provide for you, but please don't eat of that, that tree there. If you eat that tree, there's going to be an eternal consequence, right? So there's, the, there's Satan. He tempts Adam and Eve. They partake of this this tree, and all of a sudden, there's this cataclysmic um, uh, decision and consequence that it would be for all of humanity and all of time. And we are living in that today. And through all this, God is dealing with all kinds of elements and spiritual forces, not only the Satan's forces and the principalities that are coming against us, but his good forces. And so when we petition God, and we're asking for deliverance, God still has to hold to his promises of the free will and the consequences that were set forth back in Genesis 3, that we live in a fallen world. And so there is going to be uh, diseases. There's going to be heartache. There's going to be disasters. Everyone will perish at one time. And so we are petitioning God, hey, I, I need this healing. I need this uh, hope. I need this, this change. And then God has a sovereign will a sovereign plan through it all that he deciphers and filters the yeses and nos and the waits. Now, speaking of a free will that was birthed out of his love, 
We have to realize that when we pray for someone's salvation, let's say it's a grandchild, let's say it's a brother, sister, or somebody, a friend. Oh, God, you know, we're, we're praying, oh, God, would you just go grab them? Would, they, would you make them, you know, say yes to you? Because when Christ comes and, and, and forgives us and cleanses from all our sin, there's a new creation, there, there, a life that can start, and it's a, it starts a quality of life, a, a deeper life. And so we're, we're praying for that and, and, and get my grandchild son, you know, or, or, or help my parent come to Christ and go to heaven. We're praying. Well, well, here's the deal. God cannot force anyone to say yes to him. It would go against his promise that he made from the very beginning that everyone has the choice. In fact, it's easier for God to, to move a mountain than to break his promise to say, I will force you to say yes to me. Now we can pray uh, that God would influence people. And we know that God does draw people. Uh, We can pray that God put things in their ways or bring ministers or a song or friend or circumstances to help people wake up to the need Christ. And God does do that, but he will never cross the line to force you or me or anyone else to say yes. It has to come from our decision, our heart. So remember that God thinks long-term. God God is thinking not only Genesis, but he's also thinking revelation. We think very short term. We just have a finite mind, and God has an infinite mind. And so when things are in play, God's like, yeah, yeah, the end of the world is going to be coming. I am going to come back. I am going to reset and and destroy the world and destroy Satan. I'm you don't know this, but, but the Revelation tells us that one day it's going to be heaven on earth. So this is all in God's mind, this transcendent, sovereign plan. And so when we're petitioning him, our, our, our request, this is all in to play. Now, this is where sometimes God says, no, I know a greater plan. And you're going to have to just kind of trust me in this. And this is where the why and the pray comes through. Will we yield to that? It's one of the hardest things that I've had to do to say, oh, okay, God, you know best. You have a sovereign plan, and I can yield to that. I'll let you be Lord. And it can even help if we get to that point. In fact, Margaret Clarkson said this, the sovereignty of God is the one impregnable rock in which the suffering human heart must cling. So when the human heart is suffering, and we don't understand, and it doesn't seem like it makes sense, We can go back by faith and say, God, you are sovereign. I don't know the plan, but you know the plan. And I'm going to trust in that, that overall, throughout life, your plan is perfect. So God sometimes says no because of wrong motives. God knows better as like a father. And then there's a sovereignty of God that is in play that sometimes it's going to be a no. Now, the third overarching way he answers prayers is he says, wait. This is difficult, too, especially if you're American, because we're not, we don't appreciate waiting. Uh, our society is almost built on instantaneous delivery, right? We, we go on the Internet, we want our groceries or Amazon, and it shows up, and we want quick answers. And so when God says, no, I'm not answering that so quick, that, that forces us to wait. And sometimes God wants us to slow down. We're so busy. We're so impatient. And God wants to, I, I want you to take time to just listen and continue to pray and to petition. Because there you're at my feet, needing me, loving me, and I, and I like that. And I, and I want you to learn the power of perseverance. Max Lucado says, sometimes the power of prayer is the power to carry on. The power of prayer is the power to carry on. 
Because I, I would suggest a lot of times we get really frustrated with God. We're like, God, I, I prayed three times. It didn't happen. And so you must not be alive. Uh, you don't love me. Uh, you don't care. And so we, we lose our superpower. We, we get discouraged of our superpower. We, we quit using superpower. But God wants us to realize there's a plan. Keep petitioning. Don't give up. Hang in there. In fact, if, as you're wrestling with this, you, can, you might find yourself in a Bible looking for answers. And you might uh, get to Luke 18 where Jesus says this about waiting to uh, persevere in prayer. Then Jesus told the disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Always pray, not give up. Could be a long time. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea. Grant me justice against my adversaries. Then for some time, he refused this, this judge. But finally, he said to himself, man, even though I don't feel God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice. So here's this judge. He's not a God-fearing man. Uh, but man, this widow lady, she's just pestering him, right? nagging him. So he's, man, I don't want her bothering anymore. Uh, I, will, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. He's tired of it. And so just, this is what Jesus is teaching him. He says, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? What are we praying for that maybe it's long, that it takes some time, day and night? God, hear our prayers. Help me not be discouraged. Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Will he find faith? Sometimes I have to ask myself, is he going to just find a chump uh, Christian or pastor that as soon as I don't get answers and God says, wait, that I get discouraged and, and, and get mad at him or something like that? Or is he going to find faith that I'm not giving up? I'm praying into this and for this and hoping for this. And, but it seems dark and it, it, it doesn't seem like we're winning. And, but, but am I going to continue to pray in faith? Is that what he's going to find? Is he going to find that in you? That when he says, wait, you don't give up. You keep persisting. You know, I think one of the biggest examples of persisting in prayer is waiting is right here where you're sitting today. Some of you know this story, maybe some of you don't, but uh, we, we were an older church and we were tucked away back in Osseo and we had this dream to, to relocate in a better location that was more visible, more accessible. And so that dream came alive about like uh, 07 and we got brave and we decided to put our church up for sale and, and the, the members voted that, that we we're going to do this and we asked for money and, and, and God showed us this fabulous property that's here, 12 acres. The, the guy won 50 $52,000. That was a lot of money. And, and, but we said, man, we, we believe this. And, and, and people said, let's go. We started uh, getting our plans together and got an architect. And he had this fabulous layout. And we think we can do it financially and look good. And all of a sudden, an historical recession in 09 showed up. People were losing their jobs. Things were, were not looking good. And so we just like, well, we, we just need to wait right here. Okay. So we're all looking at each other, say, well, this is God's will. He's helping us. So maybe next year we can do it. Let's just, 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 just be patient for a year. The next year, man, the economy didn't wake up. Things didn't change. We waited another year. 
and another year and another year. Nobody was building uh, money and income and salaries were not increasing and, and things were tough and it got long and it got discouraging. Man, personally, I was just like, God, I thought you gave us this dream. How, how could this be? People kind of in the congregation kind of waning and kind of forgot about this dream and land and we were just kind of paying it and, and wow. It took six, seven, eight years before God started knocking. Doors started opening, and we started walking through each one of these little doors, and it's like, do you want us to, to, to do about it? And through those times, we would put our church up for sale because we knew kind of what we needed to, to sell our building for, to have the equity, to, to match what our mortgage would be. And, 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 and man, everybody would come and look at our building. It's like, we're not going to give you that much money. No, no, it's not worth that much money. And privately, I was like, oh, my goodness. I don't think we're going to sell this building. We had people just turn us down, turn us down. I mean, I got discouraged. But God wanted us to wait. God wanted us to wait. And seven, eight years later, doors started opening. We walked through those doors. And finally, in 2017, we were able to open this facility. And a beautiful facility. And at the same time, the dream that God gave us in, in 07 about intercepting the future growth of young families and people that maybe be far from God that are hurting and need hope. We wanted a, a station, a lighthouse, a, a component right there in the city. It came true. The day we started building is the day these homes started building in, in Dayton. And Dayton now is the fastest growing, uh, one of the fastest growing cities in the state. It was magnificent. And so we've been here. And, and when we got going in 17, we started feeling the pinch financially. In fact, we were starting to get in the deep weeds. But we heard about this grant of this philanthropist who had a whole bunch of money. And he wanted to give away parts of his money to churches who, who needed some help with building construction. That was us. And so we applied for the grant. And we prayed really hard. And sure enough, we received a huge amount of money to help us get over the hill to get into this facility. And that was so pivotal in, in for our financial management of our church. Looking back, we're like this guy who died and left us money. He was still living in 2010, still living in 2013. And, it, and if he was still living, we would have never got that miracle of that money. Meanwhile, through all those years, it was so discouraging we took every dime and, and, and penny we had and threw it at the land debt. And because we were stewards and we were wise and we we're just trying to pay down our, our over $600,000 land debt, right? That put us in a financial position to put everything together and match that the financial miracles started happening to get into this building. It was a testament, a story of being patient. Wait for God's timing in your life, in your church, in your circumstances. So many times God answers yes, the motive is right, the alignment is right. Sometimes he says no because he knows better. And sometimes he says, wait, persevere, don't give up. You know, friends, I, I've been traveling with Jesus many years. I, I've been seeing a lot of different dynamics. And this is what I've learned about the power of prayer. It's not so much about getting answers. What's, what's, what it's more about is about growing us spiritually. It's much deeper than just pushing buttons and saying the right formula, and all of a sudden we have this miracle. God wants to take us on a journey to grow us, to, to, to change us, that we trust in him, 
that ultimately he's the Lord and that he's the Lord of our life and we understand what his theories are and his wills are in our life. I, I, I like what Richard Foster said. Prayer is a central avenue God uses to transform us. It's not the avenue just to get everything we want every time we pray, but God's agenda is to transform us. So no matter how he answers, God uses super, the superpower of prayer to transform us. It's a gift if we practice it. If it takes some time, it takes some nurturing to praise, to repent, to ask, to yield. But before you know it, it's not so much about the answers. It's about how we're growing as Christians and the confidence and the intimacy of the power of God and the Holy Spirit in our life. But we've got to trust God that he knows best when it comes to answering. I was reminded of this last week. I think it was last week. My wife got excited about the International Space Station coming over at Minneapolis. So she makes this announcement, I don't know, 9 o'clock, 9.30 in our, in our home. Hey, uh, the space station is coming over at 10.34 uh, across our house if we want to get out there in the middle of the night and, and look for it. Now, if you know me, I'm an early riser. Man, I'm, I'm dialing down at 9.30, 10 o'clock, you know. I don't want to be standing out there looking at the stars at 10.30. I want to be in my bed, right? And she's like, yeah, let's do this. And my son's like, yeah, let's do this. I'm like, okay, I, let's go out there and look and see if we can find this thing, right? So there we are gawking up at the, the galaxies, and there's just a million stars, and there's these clouds floating. It was a beautiful, beautiful night. Right? She said, yeah, I think it's coming out of the Northwest. And we're standing there for a minute. Ah, it's not looking good, right? Well, I'm proud to say that I identified it. I said, I, 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 that might be it right there. There's something blinking and coming across. And the more we looked at it, it was like, that's got to be it. Everything else was just in the backdrop, just kind of standing still. And this thing was just, just shining, reflecting the, the sun's light. And it took about 30 seconds to go across. It's like, yeah, that was pretty cool, right? And I started thinking about that. There, there's six human beings up there, 250 miles with no oxygen, flying across the universe, uh, traversing and, and rounding our, our earth constantly, right? These six human beings. And I think that's kind of how we view our prayers. Man, what's in our mind is the, these, these human beings that are close to us. Somebody's brother, someone's child, or, or spouse, and, and God, you got to keep them safe. You got to bring them home. Will you help? And what we forget on the backside, the backdrop of this little space station is millions of stars and galaxies, and the weather and the clouds. And in God's mind, He cares very much about these six human beings in that space station. But at the same time, God holds the stars. He's holding all of time and circumstances and principalities and, and forces and the galaxies and, 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 and the sovereign plan of him. And so when we petition God, we, we can't forget that he does care about our immediate needs, but he also cares about everything else. And, and he will be the ultimate decider how things work out. If people are healed or not, if miracles happen or not, it's all in his kingdom. It's all in his sovereign. question is, can we trust him with it? How, man, we want to praise God for the yeses. Thank you, Jesus, for the yeses. But are we okay with the noes? Maybe he understands something we don't understand. And he's got a perfect plan. And sometimes it's like, wait, can we do that? Will we trust him? I invite you just to stand as a, a time of prayer and closing.
Gracious God, we come to you today. Help us to trust in you. So many times we need help. So many times there's something we are praying for and we don't understand what it doesn't come through. Well, would you help us to, to just believe that you know best? Would you help us or remind us that your sovereign plan, that you have the whole world, you have all of time, and you are working all things out? Heavenly Father, help us to have the right motives. If there, there are some selfish things that we're going for, help, help us to be more kingdom-minded, to, to align with your will, God, as we petition and seek your, your heart, seek your, your word, and seek your, your ways in our prayer life. And God, for anyone here that's been uh, persisting and, and worrying about something that they've been praying, would you help them to be encouraged, not to give up, there might be a loved one. There might be a circumstance that's on their list. Help them not to give up to keep praying because in due time, you are going to make the perfect decision in the way. Help us to live for you, God. We ask it in your name, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen and amen. Well, God bless you. Thanks for coming today. Thanks for viewing this morning. Have a great week.